Hey, this is Michael Block, and you're listening to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. Before we begin, make sure you visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theaterinthenow. By becoming a patron, you'll receive patron-only perks, including ticket discounts and exclusive content. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Theatre in the Now and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. here today with Zach Stevens to talk about his new show in the Frigid Festival. So let's just get everything out of the way about the show. Mm-hmm. Plug it. Sure. Um, it's a dark comedy mystery about a uh, meditational bed and breakfast in the middle of the Mojave where they um, conducted nuclear testing in the 50s and 60s. And uh, these five guests are staying there and they're the only five people in the place. And Uh, Through happenstance, they start to piece together this conspiracy uh, regarding the past of the bed and breakfast. Um, And the more they piece together, the more they find out. And the more they find out, the more things start to get blurry and the B&B starts to show its teeth a little bit and things become a little sinister and dangerous. Um, So it... uh, it, it kind of revolves around that idea of, of, of mob mentality and, and conspiracies and kind of like grasping for information and putting it together out of thin air, kind of. Um, because there's, in the play too, there's a, a Hollywood production taking place kind of like down the street, and so they start thinking uh, suspiciously of that. Um, and, and they start to turn on each other and... Uh, start to develop kind of uh, frustrations and and resentments at each other. One is a couple, uh, one is a drifter, uh, and then the two other people are there for mysterious circumstances. So it's kind of a mystery. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it's, um, I like mystery and I like that kind of like dark comedy element coming together. So it's, uh, it's interesting, it's different. I think, nice, I and think. we can check it out at the Frigid Festival. Yeah, yeah, it's five performances, um, the, the 18th, the 23rd, 25th, and then the 1st of March and the 5th of March. Cool, well, yeah. we're going to get back to talking about that in a minute, but before, we need to learn a little bit about you. A little bit so, about me? Okay. where are you from? I'm originally from uh, Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. Uh, my family lives there now. Um, I've lived in the city for... I think seven years now. Very cool. Just over seven years. Because you yeah. went to school in the city. I went to school in the city, yeah. I went to uh, Marymount, Manhattan. And how did you choose Marymount? I I think, I'm trying to think. I was at a, um, like a college fair when I was a junior in high school, and I met someone from the school, and they were really nice, and I looked into the program, and I uh, I liked it. It was a really, it was a really nice school. I'm very nostalgic for those years, those That's four great. college years. It was good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And how did you get involved in theater? I, when I was 11, my um, my grandmother actually um, saw these postings for auditions at a community theater in the area, and it was for a Christmas carol. Um, so I auditioned for that. And I did it, and I I was into Christmas Carol for for like five years, 
after Same that. Parts. No, different parts. As I grew up, I got kind of like I was I was uh, like a school chum, was <laughs> <laughs> like a, a school chum, and then moved on to um, one of the Cratchit kids. Nice. Yeah, and then moved on to, and then once you get to that weird age where you can't really play any of the principal roles, you're like right. the like the ensemble like gotcha. that dances at Fred's party. It was fun. Um, and then I did a little bit in, in high school, like the high school musicals. Um, I worked on the drama. I, I started the drama club at my high school just because I'm not much of a music. I'm not much of a singer or dancer. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to branch off and, and, uh, start doing plays at high school. But, and then I went to college for it. So, uh, you went as an actor mm-hmm. to Marymount? I did. Yeah, yeah. In the, and yeah, when, yeah. when did you catch the writing bug? Um, I, I've always, I think in high school, I've always, I wrote a play in high school that we did for the drama club. Mm-hmm. So I was a senior and um, I, I wrote that play then and then I kind of, like, le- I kind of left it for a little bit to focus on acting and then I graduated college and I, I was auditioning and... and you know, you know the the acting grind of, of sure. pounding the pavement and stuff. And I, I, I was just on backstage so much, and I saw, I saw, started to see just kind of the same, the same things, the same roles, and and actors' access as well. It's like there there wasn't. Uh, I I just I I started to lose that kind of like, I this this passion for auditioning and like going sure. out there and auditioning four or five times a day. I just started to. Um, that started to wane a little bit in me, and I didn't want to lose it, so I just thought, I'm going to pick up writing again and kind of kind of write for myself a little bit. You know, right. I mean, just as a way to get out there and, and to, like, market myself, because it just... Something wasn't working for me, yeah. I think, because I auditioned for a good year and a half, two years of just straight auditioning, and it just... Something about it just... It didn't click. It didn't... It, it, I know it takes time, it just didn't something in me was unhappy. Sure. So I started writing and I, and I, like I said, I write for myself um, a lot of the time. Um, but that's really where the, the bugs came back for me was, was right after college, after that, after the, after the grind of auditioning. Nice. So you are someone who writes for yourself and mm-hmm. you, you give yourself some great vehicles. What's the yeah. hardest part about balancing writing and um, acting in your own work? Um, for me, it's I think right now it's it's separating the the the, the two sides of your brain because I feel like it's it's two different areas kind of you know with acting you really have to kind of there's the idea of letting yourself go and kind sure. of just falling into it and and not listening to the script kind sure. of or or just kind of letting like letting go of all of the kind of machinations of the script and everything and and. That's that's been that's been hard, but something that I've been learning to to, to grapple with the idea of like, I I'm I'm really the writer side of me is very very picky with pace and and tempo and that kind of staccato that rhythm sure. especially for comedy and so as an actor. In in the scene, I I it's it's been um, something to work on, you know, kind of like letting go, of that ear of of it's not quite what I envisioned or right. imagined writing it. So letting that go and, and being able to just kind of move forward and, and focus on the performance aspect of it. Um, that's, that's probably been the one part that I've had that I'm, that I focused on most, honestly, that letting that, letting that go that year. Have you 
ever had one of your plays um, done where you got to sit back and just play the role of playwright? I haven't yet. Um, the play that I did in high school, I, I didn't have a part in. I, I just cast all you know, people I knew and friends and stuff. Um, yeah, so that was probably the one time. Since then, no. Um, I don't. I don't ever rule it out. I think that sure. I'd like to to do it. I think. For me, I, I I'm looking for the for the balance because I do consider acting to to be a the main focus for myself and and I think the the writing is is an outlet for me to kind of express myself as an actor. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I can't I can't decide right now if I enjoy it enough to to I love it. I love writing and I I, I can't decide if it's. I haven't I haven't gotten there yet. We're like just pounding out a play Absolutely. and like getting being like here you go, actors like make it happen. I haven't I, I want to get there. I just I haven't think I've grown into that yet as a writer. Absolutely. Um, have you ever sat through like an audition process and been like, oh, that person may be able to do that part better than I can? Um, we we've got <laughs> we've gone into each audition so far knowing that I'd be doing one part. Sure. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure that I would see somebody and be like, hey, you know, this person absolutely could play this character or do this type. I, I'm not, I, I'm not that much of a narcissist that I can't, like, this part's for me. This was tailored for me. Nobody else can do it. Right. I never would think that. I, I would absolutely love that, you know, to see, you know, a play that I've written already or something go into another production with somebody else that is... That is completely possible, nice. and I would love to see it happen. Have you um, have you ever thought about what it would be like to direct as well as write and act? Mm-hmm. Write, act, and direct. Yeah. That yeah. my my head explodes thinking about that. You, you sometimes have that third hat on as, yeah. as someone who's self producer. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I I haven't thought about that. There's a I um the 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 um girl that I work who's directed each of my shows, Kelly Webb. She's we were we're good friends and we went to school together. And she's directed three of the last shows that I've done. And I trust her so much in just like here's the script. Great. You know what to do with it. Take it. So the thought of the thought of me taking on that is like. It's, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'd be ready for that yet. Have you found that with being in your own work has given you a launch pad for people to see you as an actor, and possibly given you opportunities in other work? I hope so. I mean, that's that's really the that's really the end goal, the end sure. game. I mean, I'd love. To, I would after you know, get after getting. Well, you got work, a fan in me. I I enjoy thank you. your work. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I I, I appreciate that. I I would love that. I think that's. That's the goal, like I said, I, I hope. I mean, I, I'd love to keep writing. I've been looking at writing jobs lately, like freelance mm-hmm. writing jobs. Um, so have I. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's not hard. There's, uh, it's kind of a rabbit hole. I was like yeah. looking at it this morning. I, I woke up at seven. I've been doing that a lot lately. Just like waking up very early in the morning and just kind of thinking I have so much on my mind and that was one of the things this morning of just like I need to look for some yeah. kind of like supplemental thing and I was looking at freelance writing jobs and uh, 
I don't know. Craigslist is a weird place. It's, I gotta be honest it's with a scary you. place. It's a weird place. I I, uh, I somehow fell into that, and that that wasn't good. But um. But what did what was what were you asking about? No, just like I, about um, has people have people seen you and oh yeah to, yeah to I, the acting. I hope so. I mean, I'm gonna keep doing it until it until it happens. Oh, and I I was saying that I've I've been looking at at writing jobs sure. just as um, just as a way in you know because I, I I've noticed more and more it's I, I've just been looking at people and it's it seems that very very few people kind of make a start their career by just acting mm-hmm. it's just it's it's really amazing to me I see it more and more just nobody you know how like it used to be where it's like you're just an actor you just started right. your career as, act, as an actor it just doesn't especially for somebody who doesn't really do musical th- or is capable of doing musical theater like myself it it's hard sure and that's that's really again one of the reasons why I started writing because it's 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 hard. Yeah, and now that you have we have this digital world as well. Yeah, you can create these web series where you're able to showcase your work. Um, yeah. in a broader spectrum. In a broader spectrum. I mean, everyone's doing. You know, it's not like I would love to just audition and audition and audition as an actor and, yeah. and get work and start a and career. And it's but one I, of those things also where if you don't have a video, people aren't going to bring you in for an audition. Exactly. They, they want to pre-screen you, as right. awful as that is. Right. Because there's so many there's so many people who want to... There's so many actors out there. There's so many actors out there. There's so many people that want to do it. It's like, I think that, you know, it's that saying that time is money, and it is, and people want to filter. I think that, you know, part of it is that there, there are less chances being taken on people. Yes. I think that that seems to be part of it, too. It's like you want to filter through... Theater, the, the creating theater is a high risk. Yeah, I, I get it for sure. I mean, I know it is a business. It's an industry. I understand that 100%. And so it's just, I think about, for me, finding my voice and finding how that fits into what people want and how people can make money, too, because that's really what it... That's what it boils down to for some a, a lot of the time, you know, especially in regards to a career and in, in taking chances on people anyway and taking so that risk. So speaking of which, um, you've done the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. What's it like to self-produce? It is it's stressful. It's stressful when you're when you're in it. I find that like it's there's a lot of it takes a certain mind to like to to, to understand that side of marketing and 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 raising the funds and kind of promotion and I and I don't know if I don't know if really my my talents lie there. I I like to do it. I I think that it does take a very and I have the most respect for those people who who focus on that and do that solely and are able to do that successfully because it takes a certain mind to really put something together and and kind of make this machine of of successful theater and I I like it. I don't. I don't dislike it. I'd like to get to a point, hopefully, where I don't have to worry about that aspect of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I I've learned also compromises too. Mm. You know, where it's like there's so much that is out of your control, and I've learned that through producing, self-producing, yeah. where it's like, okay, so this is the script that I have, but this is just not realistic, and so kind of having that side of my brain too with kind of letting go of certain aspects has been helpful and it's been it's been humbling too. I think that everyone should produce 
or try, try to at produce least, at least once. At le- try it at least once to self-produce because it is the most humbling thing that I've ever uh, one that I've done, especially f- from that writer playwright side. Do you have advice humbling. for someone who wants to self-produce something? I, you know, I I would say find I would say find people. I would say ask for help, too. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Really, and and I mean like, and I mean that in regards to like, find friends to to work with and find collaborate collaborators who you trust and find find people you can depend on because I. I tried doing it on my own, completely on my own. The first play I wrote out of college, I self-produced two stage readings, and I was so unhappy. Yeah, I, I was so unhappy. I had no one. I had no director. I had no. I had friends who who were actors who did the reading, and I was in it. And I, but I, I would just like find. Don't try to do it by yourself. You can produce on your own, but find a director you trust, find playwrights you trust, find actors you trust. There are so many things you don't think you have to do, but yeah. once you get into it, you got to do it all. you got to do it all. And, you know, nobody does it alone. I know people say that a lot, but it's, it's, good, to have, it's good to have people that you can trust, you know, whether it's a producer, a producer or a director or another writer or whoever. You need that in your life. Absolutely. You do. So I don't know if you know, but we shared um, a very similar trajectory last year. I had a play in Venus Adonis and then Fringe, oh. and you had did the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. The only difference is I had a different play in Venus Adonis that oh, yeah. I did with Fringe. Um, did you find that doing the Venus Adonis Festival with Tailspin helped you to create a better product for Fringe, or did you just do the same thing uh, that you did in the first festival it was um almost a diff- not almost a different show there were aspects of the sec of the fringe tailspin that were a complete 360 or 180 360 is a complete 360 it, yeah. all the way <laughs> yeah. so it's 180 a complete 180 complete tailspin. Uh, i don't know my yeah exactly i don't know my deg- my degrees but it you, it, you have a degree in theater you need to yeah i don't need to know that i don't need to know that at all um it is some yeah there are aspects of it that i think um i i would we would not have discovered had we not had that venus adonis run and i think that was for me that was the best thing about that um about that first production with venus adonis is that it's it allows me for me it felt it, it allows you to really workshop a play sure um yeah, that, so I found that helpful. One thing that I, for me at least, as someone who does self-produce often, um, begrudgingly so, but one thing yeah. that I find is fi- getting an audience to see your work can be quite difficult. What did you do to get an audience to come to both versions of the show? How were you able to make that happen? I, for one thing, I, I have... I mean, I have a lot of people who follow, follow a lot of friends and who follow me, and they support me. And it's it's crazy, crazy, crazy supportive people who will come to anything I do, and I am beyond eternally grateful for that. And I think I mean everyone I think has that kind of core group of people who just kind of they always come and they always support you. I hope they do, you know. 
I think that for for Tailspin both times, you know, we we wanted to um, we wanted to kind of relate it to you know current events mm-hmm. in regards to the, the kind of the, the topical nature of it. And it was funny because we we started the second run and it was like the first week of rehearsal and it was like North Korea was testing ballistic missiles in the Pacific. And we were just like, this is crazy. Like, this is like, this is something that you have to kind of tap into. And that's really what interests me too. And like getting in theater too, specifically shows and plays that kind of like just happened to type, to tap into the a zeitgeist of what is happening right then and there. And, and I think, I, I think we were able to get some people in on, on that idea of, of like, this is happening right now. And this is a comment or a warped version of the events of what, you know, of what is going on in, in the headlines right now. Um, so it was a combination of like just people who have supported me always, my family and friends, and kind of like tapping into that idea of like, this is, because I, I think that interests people. I, I didn't mind seeing it two times. Well, no, yeah, no, most people didn't. And like I said, there was aspects of it that were, Absolutely, completely, completely different. different. A hundred, completely different. I mean, this time it was, it had to do with the actors that we chose. I kind sure. of changed it and to fit them, and it was stronger for it. I mean, I, I I would like to do it one more time just to like because there are ideas that I have that I feel would make it stronger. What did you learn from the Fringe production that you would want to implement into the next version? I um, let's see, one of. Um, one of the things would be would be cutting it, scaling it back, um, and that was something that I was thankful, very thankful for. In a lot of the reviews that I got, was was the idea that you know when you have a a, a piece that's almost pure absurdity, it, it needs to be kind of bang bang bang. Absolutely. See ya guys. Thanks for coming. You know what I mean? Not like not forty five minutes, but like like t- twenty thirty minutes shorter. Sure. You know. Well, it was an hour and a half. Twenty minutes shorter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't. I, I would scale ba- that back. I think that um, I, I think that I learned how much comedy, the type of comedy that I'm interested in, is about control and about spe- specificity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that enormously this time around, um, just from a lot of the feedback I got. You know, which a lot of it was was good and positive and and really uh, helpful critiques too of of like just specificity and control that's what i learned and i learned that for myself as an actor too even just specific 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 you know and that what was it like to be engulfed in a run while getting critiques at the same time um it was actually really hard because i I, as an actor i had to let it go but i like i i I wanted to f- make these changes halfway through the run. Sure. And you can't, you can't do and it. And you can't do it. I, I really, I was like itching. I was like, I had these, like, I had these light bulbs of like, this is what I need to do. And it's the worst, it's the worst feeling when you have those light bulb moments and it's just too late and you have to wait for another, for another turn. Did you find yourself going on like show score to just see what the oh, yeah. were looking at? Oh Yeah. That I, that I thing was so thing. toxic. Oh I my agree. god! I mean, someone, oh. I I love Show Score. They've helped me get some more people to follow my website. But mm-hmm. oh god, it's terrifying. Oh my god, it was so terrifying. And I and I gotta say, I 
I found two. Not to, I mean, you people came to the show. I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. I found too that there were a lot of people who hate watch <laughs> come and 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 hate watch yes. shows where it's like ten ten percent rating. Really, you're you know yes. like it's like wow, that's just nasty. You know what I mean? Like people leave comments on there where it's just like that's just hateful. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's not helpful to me at all. And it's, it's interesting, at least for me, and I'll, I'll admit it, mm-hmm. um, I, when it got closer to the end of the festival, because I, in addition to having a show in the festival, I reviewed 40-something shows. Yeah. Um, I Which kudos to you. Thank because you. Because that was, was so impressive. Crazy. I don't know how I did it. And I don't want to make it about you, but like that is, that is, a, that is such a service that you give I everyone try. in the festival, really. And I Thank said that you. to you. I took every critique and i and i took it and i am implementing it and it it was i'm glad to hear that i'm not changing course but i just it's really amazing yeah of course yeah so but like when it got closer to the end of the festival i found myself going to some of the shows to see like what the ratings was and like if they were getting a lower rating why am i going to waste my time knowing Mm -hmm. they might give a bad review it's not going to help them yeah it's not going to help me and I changed a couple tickets, and mm-hmm. so in a way, show score was really helpful, and it was also detrimental to the artists. Yeah, and yeah. it'll be interesting moving forward um, how that really impacts um, theater because show score is so prevalent right now, and I think it's a great service for all artists. Yeah, I think but so too. Sometimes we just don't want to have it until <laughs> it's all over. Yeah, right. I no, that's true. I mean, I think so much of. Um, Fringe specifically was about what I learned building momentum, right? Absolutely. It's like your show opens, and yeah. that's we had a six day gap in between our second and third show, right? Which in a way was great because we were able to um, generate some publicity through the um, first two shows and get some word of mouth going. But again, like we were waiting on some critics to write the reviews, and yeah. we didn't have them yet. And I was like. Ah! Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. So it, it's hard, like navigating the festival circuit, but it's it's well worth it because you get exposure and you get to meet people like you that mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't meet in any other circumstance. Hundred percent. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I did. I liked it a lot. And it is it show score does provide a service yeah. that's really it's it's been a beneficial I think in the in the long run to artists. So you mentioned that you're a fan of comedy. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your greatest influences? Um, I, I'd say definitely, uh, Woody Allen. Okay. I, I, big, I, I love Woody Allen. I, I like, I, I first came on to him, like, when I was high school. So, you know, you're like, you're going through that, like, crisis of identity of, like, (laughs) who am I? Who am I going to be? What type of person am I, do I want to be? You know, and like, you have all these voices in your head, like, trying to influence you. And I... I came on to him just at that moment of, like, the cusp of, like, discovering my own voice. Sure. Which was interesting because I I, I, he, I think that he, he's shaped a lot of, of what I enjoy and what I find funny. Um, the same thing would go for uh, Seinfeld, the show. Mm-hmm. Not so much... Not the, the <laughs> Not so much like I like him. Not Jerry's so much okay. Jerry. He's kind of yeah. You I mean we all know he was like the weakest link on that show. And it was his own show. No. Um but definitely the humor of Seinfeld and Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm. Um you know, I mean in regards to actors, I, I 
comedically, I'd, I'd love like Jimmy Stewart and, and Dick Van Dyke and those kind of Peter Sellers. Those physical comedians. Those great physical comedians. I, I really, you know, I, I again, like th- these, I, I would go to these uh, these comedians and these, these artists for, for comfort because you, you kind of, you get to a point where you're lost, obviously, where you're growing up and... and you know, I was like tall and lanky and like I, I was an actor and, and you know, every you gotta find your niche. You gotta like box yourself into mm-hmm. who how do you sell yourself? How do you market yourself? And I I always I always look to those guys as inspiration. And la- I mean ladies too. I mean like Mary Tyler Moore. I lo- I love her and, and uh Carol Burnett and, and those physical comics. Sure. They're brilliant and I I would always look to them for comfort and inspiration. So you're pretty. You've been pretty lucky that you've had um, projects happen and happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but how else do you stay theatrically active? Um, I try. I try to. I've been. Try, I have been bad with with seeing shows. I need. I. I, I, I try to I always try to I think that's one of the most important things really Absolutely. as you know as you probably know is, is seeing work learning who's writing not I'm talking about broad just Broadway but but the indie theater the scene in, is so invaluable it's so invaluable I mean and and I try to I try to stay involved in that as much as I can I think that's so important and as a spectator just understanding people's work you know I'm it, you got to support each other it's such a small community of people that it's like you 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 gotta sh- see each other's work and and Absolutely. give each other feedback and critique each other and and learn from each other. I mean, I I will never ever ever sit here and say that I have learned everything until I, the day I die. I never, you know, I'm Absolutely. always learning from everyone and and taking it and growing from it. And I try to stay active that way. Um, I'm always trying to stay writing. I mean, it's what is your writing process like? I. God, it's I have to there has to be it has to be a specific time of day okay <laughs> I have to have like a coffee in my hand you have to be in a specific location um yeah I I can't do work in my apartment I I'm not I'm not too picky about the location as long as it's like I have like a little space and I have headphones in I actually like to be in in public I, I it helps me um, so much inspiration in public. Yeah, I, I mean, there is. I, I, liked, I like to be around people. Um, coffee. Is there specific music you listen to? Um, what do I, I, not really. I, I think that, I, I think that I'll, I'll put on anything that kind of, I'll put on anything that I'm in the mood for. I'm not gotcha. specific. It could be 90s. It's usually 90s. 90s? <laughs> like written, a 90s alternative Have you rock. written a 90s play yet? No. No, not yet. Um, I'd like to, and I, I will definitely go to that music if I. I mean, if I, I, I to. part part of me wants to like write a full on '90s play. Yeah. Just because I have the props. You should. Like I, just, I don't know what the play is, what it's going to be about, mm-hmm. but I just have this big budget idea that like there's going to be like this massive Beanie Baby drop in the middle of the show. Oh, nice. Because I have thousands of Beanie Babies. Do you at really? Home? I do. Oh, wait, here? Um, not, not in Astoria, in, in, in Jersey. Okay. In, there's a couple buckets. Because uh, my parents thought that was going to get me through college. <laughs> yeah, um, but what if you sold them? Yeah, they're just sitting in buckets. But yeah, I have all these 90s things that I'd love to and just should, explore. We should use them. I can't, I don't have much, I don't have many, I don't have much memorabilia mm-hmm. from the 90s. 
I had I had written in like a short ten minute play um, for Tiny Rhino a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. um, which was called um, the Real Real World Rewind, Mm -hmm. and basically it was seven sitcom characters put in the real world house. Oh, so nice. that was how I was able to get my '90s nostalgia out of me. Nice. Wait, were they like a sitcom, like from Friends? And, so it like... was Phoebe from Friends, Michelle Tanner, oh, Jack nice. McFarland, um, uh, Steve Urkel, Fran Drescher, Kelly Bundy, and then Salem the Cat. Oh, nice. It was fun. That's interesting. Yeah, it was a little. It was a crazy little show. That's, I think you should. You should. Do something with it's that. It's totally a web series. Like I, I would totally do it. You, I mean, you would need so you would need actors who. So could. you interested in like impression, not, not Absolutely. impressions, but like who can play those mm-hmm. those real people? That might be a challenge, but it, it would be, be a fun but, challenge. Though. I think it'd be fun. I mean, there are people out there. I'm sure you could find. I love the '90s. I, miss I do it. too. I do too. Lately, I'm getting more and more nostalgic for the past. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> I was talking with my roommate earlier today. Yeah. Like, we have the Power Rangers movie coming out very That's soon. That's true. We're getting back to it with Brian Cranston, Cranston and Elizabeth on. Banks. Yeah, I mean that's a cast. It's there. it's, it's going to be good. I know. I'm just I I I I wasn't too old throughout the '90s. I mean, it was like I was that was my childhood. My my like adolescent years though were like 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. So I do. I mean, I like I watched Rugrats and absolutely all of those shows. The like Snick with the mm-hmm. with the popsicle stick, and of course Legends mm-hmm. of the Hidden Temple and all of that. It's amazing the the nostalgia for the '90s that that kind of like exploded in the yeah. last year or two. You know, because if you think about it, I mean, you had you had a Clinton running for office. You had a new Blink One Eighty Two album, <laughs> which came out all within like a week. Right. You had, and then there was one more thing that like it was such like a '90s year. I forget what it was. The new Blink One Eighty Two album, which is like late '90s, early 2000s. I forget, but I I know that people are very very nostalgic for it oh and fuller house you had fuller house yeah that's what it was yeah so you had this kind of like rehashing of Mm -hmm. like people like it really happened with like with hillary and like fuller house it was just like this perfect storm of nostalgia that occurred it was really amazing things from the past yeah present and future was scary it's very scary and the 90s were seemed to be i mean from what i remember very the 90s were all that were all that oh yeah you th- were you saving there? that one for it? Uh, no, I kind of just went on. I, I, that was I good. Pulled that out. You pulled that out. That's very quick. Yeah, try, they were all that. No, they were a really good time. Really, really good time to be so alive. So if you could write a play for any actor, who would it be? Um, oh Besides yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, damn. Uh, let me think. I... I really, um, any actor, huh? Stage, screen? Yeah. Hmm. I would write a play for, oh, this is, this is actually really difficult. I feel like I, I've had answers. Yeah. To this. Um, I, I really think Miley Cyrus is funny. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting that one, but like, I would write a play that. for Miley Cyrus. I, you know, I always have these. I, I always see an actor, and I'm like, I would love to write for them. And now it's like you. I get asked it, and you can't think. I mean, I, I Miley Cyrus. I watched her in the new um, Woody Allen Amazon series mm-hmm. with Elaine May, who I would write for. It, which was not the series was not good, but she was she was fantastic. Like she's really a funny. Are you going to put a wrecking ball in the play? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll be called Wrecking Ball. Great. Maybe it'll be a musical. 
The Miley Cyrus story. Yeah, the Miley Cyrus story. Oh, a biography of her. Yeah. Maybe. I, I'm not... I'm not serious well, about Billy Miley Ray, Cyrus. Um, Maybe. Be- make an appearance. Yeah, Billy oh, Ray. for sure. Some Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, you know that they came out with Achy Breaky 2 a couple years ago. Did they really? I didn't oh, know God, that. Oh, God, it's awful. If you want to hear some awful rap, it's, it's in there. Oh, it's a rap? Part of it, yeah. Well, who's... Miley's in it? Miley no, sings in it? I don't know who him? the other person is. It's Billy Ray and some other Oy. people. See, that's just... That's a little desperate. Yeah. I, I mean, feel... talk about '90s nostalgia. Yeah, really. No, no seriously. That's that's. Cap- I didn't know that. Capitalize on your daughter's success. Right. I mean, that's that's all he's. I mean, that's really so much of what he's done yeah. too. I mean, you look at Hannah Montana. It's like he got the best of both worlds. Of... Oh, now there's a singer, but I can't think of. I can't. Why can't I think of a? There's so there are. I mean, uh, there are like the regulars. Like even the ones that I mentioned. Like I would love. I I joked that I would love to like write a play with Elaine May. And like Lily Tomlin, because I, I I love those two, and maybe throw Jane Fonda in there. Well, then you have to have Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton make like a nine to five. Yeah, uh, have, you have to nine to five them. sequel. I'm like I watch um, Grace and Frankie, and like they are adamant that they're not bringing Dolly Parton on. I'm like, but you, you have to. I you want to. it. We need it. Yeah, you do. Even if she just like walks across the screen, I need to see that. Yeah, if it's, she's just like an extra in the background, yeah. like you see her head. It's a fun show, but they do need that. They need to like have a little nine to five reunion. Maybe it. bring on Dabney Coleman. Yeah. Have him pop up. Oh, God, I, <laughs> you can I, have like a bottle episode where it's like the, the like little mini plot of that movie. Yeah. But they're older. That could be so funny. So they work part time. So instead of nine to five, it'd be like yeah. eleven to three. Yeah. You know, because they don't work full time anymore. Well, you should get that spec written and send it I'd out there. I'd love to. I really would. I should. I should try to do that. Do it. I wish I should try it. So let's talk about some fun things now. Yeah, okay. Not that everything else wasn't fun, but no, like yeah. some other non-theatrical things. Some like, yeah, some real fun things. What's your favorite New York hangout? Um, what do I like to hang out? Um, at bar? Anywhere? Anywhere in New York. Anywhere in New York. There's, um, let me think. I always like a good, I love a good coffee shop, and I, and I... That's not Starbucks. That's not Starbucks. Yeah, the the Hudson Hotel has like a okay. really amazing. I what I always have been looking for, and it's been harder and harder to find, is like a like a coffee shop where you can drink alcohol. Cave. Really? Yeah. Where is that? There's you answered that without even a hesitation. Know, they have wine there, and I'm there frequently. There's one on Ninth, and there's one on Tenth in Hell's Kitchen. C was K A V E K A H V E K A H V. V-E. K-A-H-V-E. Let me write that down real yeah. quick. It's a good place. I, I look for that. You know, in like a place where you can get a drink, but it's acceptable to sit there like with your computer. Yep. Let me just, I'm just writing this down in my it. notes right now. Um, and they have like a happy hour time. and What? Yeah, it's quite awesome. I mean, it's a place like that. I really... So I'm really... Um, Maybe Kaveh wants to, go- to sponsor the show now. Let's, let's yeah, do it. Let's, let's do it. it. I mean, there's so much product place, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon, too. Yeah. Um, I, have to, I have to look at that place. Um, I really like museums. Mm-hmm. I work at um, the Museum of Modern Art as a, like, a way to make money, and it's amazing. I, I think um, I'm, not, I'm not throwing Momo under the bus, but I think one of my favorite hangouts is the, Met, the Metropolitan Museum okay. of Art. I, I used to... Um, in my, like, post-college crisis, I would go there all the... You know, like, when you're like, who am I? What am I doing? Right. Uh, I would go there and just 
I'm not even look at anything. I would just hang out there and nice. sit and read. It's it's really. I think that's one of my favorite places in the city. Well, it's a great segue into the next question. Oh, is it really? Wow. Uh, which is what New York City tourist attraction would you recommend to tourists? Um, I would recommend. Uh, I really recommend the Met, obviously. Um, but I think that other than that. Um, I would I, I recommend uh, the High Line and like the Chelsea Market area is mm-hmm. really nice. That's that's really especially like incredible, during especially during the summer. That's in, that is an incredible area, and I, it's so new that I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of visitors and tourists, aren't like tuned into it really. Right. As it being like a staple of New York City, I think that people aren't like, um, like that's not yet the, yet the go to for people who are not New Yorkers yet, and it's and it's a great place. I would I would recommend like exploring Brooklyn though too you know like um, like so many people just kind of stay within a six mile six mile like a two mile radius yeah. mile and a half radius of like Midtown and there's really so much out there I mean even in Astoria I mean the restaurants here and there's everything it's so much places. some great places I mean it's it's I I'm a I'm a big explorer and I like exploring so I I would say you know be adventurous get out there see new things. Now, to tie into your show a little bit, yeah. where is the perfect bed and breakfast location? I'm a big Vermont fan. Are you a skier? I, no, I'm not. You just like... I just love Vermont. The picturesque views? Yeah, there's something about it. I, I'm like, I'm not much of like a like a woods country, mm-hmm. but, but there's something about Vermont that's like, they're, they're, they're so... Like they're so welcoming up there, and they're yes. so progressive, and they're so like it's amazing. I lived up there for a month. I did some theater up there for a month. Where at? Uh, in Rutland. Okay. Uh, with um, some former some Marymount students who who went up there to do theater, and um, it's really uh, it's just really an amazing place. I would say Vermont, and actually, in, to do with the play, I like when in the first stages of of writing it, I had set the bed and breakfast in Vermont, and. Uh, I don't know, just something about it wasn't wasn't clicking, so I moved it to Southern California. But I it would be in Vermont, definitely. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Vermont working on theater, mm-hmm. and after it was only for two weeks at a time. And once we got to the second week, I was like, "Thank God I'm back in New York. I need more than one traffic light." No, for sure. Yeah, it was. It and was it's a lot. dark. And it's dark there. Like where I was, there was just no Starbucks or anything. Like yeah. it was. It was boring. It's painful. Where were you? Uh, Middlebury. Oh, I know Middlebury. Yeah, Middlebury. The college is up there. Yes, it What's is. What's the theater that's there? It's, um, um, well, they... They have um, this town hall? Um, I'm not sure, but we um, were rehearsing for a company called PTP NYC. Where okay. they do shows in New York, but rehearse up in Vermont. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're great. Two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, that's they're, probably the most I could do. Yeah, they're a wonderful company, and oh, wow. they're here every year at the Atlantic Stage, too, and oh. go check them out. I will, definitely. I love that. I love it. All right, big question here. Yeah. Patriots oh, no. or Falcons? Oh, I'm going to say uh, Patriots. Okay. Do you yeah, want to give say, a score? Um, oh, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, 14 to 7. Oh, it's not, not going to be a quarterback I don't, I don't think. I don't think so. It's going to be all defense. I think it's going to be all defense, yeah. 
I don't really know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I love we're, this. We're gonna we're gonna move into our what we'd call the pop five rapid I love it. fire. Okay, which like gonna give you five pop culture things. Oh, I could do this. You gotta give the first response. They're not. We're gonna tie it into the Super Bowl a little bit. So number oh, no. one is gonna be Lady Gaga. Which just first thing that comes to your mind? A uh, bad romance. All right. Do you like Lady Gaga? I do. I'm looking forward to her. Uh, I'm looking forward to the halftime show. It's going to be interesting because, you know, I know there were rumors of her, like, they're like, don't get political. And they're right. like, we never said that. So I'm interested to see what she does because, you know, she doesn't really follow, uh, she doesn't play by the rules. No, she doesn't. I, I like mean, her. I've heard that she's going to be suspended from the roof, so I'm excited. I, that's very exciting. Maybe yeah. she'll just float for the whole show. That'd be wonderful. She's ethereal. I, I saw her, I went, I saw her, um, I got to, I was lucky enough to see a, a taping of SNL. Oh, nice. My freshman year, and she was on it, and, uh. She's she's amazing. She's she's actually a very she's an artist who knows she's herself. An, she knows herself and she and she is unbelievably talented just raw musically. She's 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 great. Yeah. I like her. I didn't I didn't really watch I didn't watch the new American Horror Story season uh, the Hotel. Was, I, just, I don't know how she was on that, but it was okay. I don't know how her acting chops are, but I I like her musically. I think she's good. Nice. So number 2. Yeah. Uber delete <laughs> did you delete your app no i never had it you never had it no my i've been having issues with my phone like i can't have too many things yeah. apps on it it really it was freaking out for a while when it i just don't your battery and it's done well it's just i don't know i guess i had storage issues with my phone like it yeah. just it freaked out so much so I, I can't have those extra apps on there so i never um i never had it honestly Fair enough. but um you know i from my experience of cars i like lyft is better mm-hmm I'm just someone who cannot justify paying extra money. Me neither. I will take the subway at 4 o'clock in the morning, and that's it. I I am on the same boat with you. You know, because the reality is it's not even faster. I mean, especially like, I mean, at night maybe. Like, if it's 4 in the morning, sure, maybe. But I can't justify it either. I know, I can't. Struggling I'm artists, with you. we can't do it. You can't do it. No, I mean, one day I'd love to take a town car everywhere. But, like, <laughs> I just, I really do. I, I don't... you're on Broadway. When I'm on Broadway. Yeah, exactly. I just can't justify it. Also, yeah, I'm with you. All right, number three. Yeah. Beyonce's twins. Um, good news. For once. Thank you. I, I mean, <laughs> that was that was a lot of longer phrase, but... That's fine. I mean, I kind of joked after the fact I made, like, my stupid, like, Facebook post yesterday mm-hmm. that I would name the kids Kelly and Michelle. Oh, nice. Nice, yeah. It's not going to happen, but... <laughs> no. Please, that but would be amazing. It would be amazing. I mean, I think that it provided a lot of comedic material. Yes. I think that people are really just grasping on for, like, any kind of glimmer of hope or light. And, like, I know today the gays are going to be super happy because uh, the cast of um, Season 9 of Drag Race is going to be revealed. So. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's going to... Any good news bring... you can take. Exactly. We'll take anything. <laughs> you can... No, it's good news. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for her. I like her a lot. But yeah, I think that people are really clinging on to like any light. And so that's what I think of yeah. like good news. Number four mm-hmm. is Valentine's Day. Two weeks. It's coming up. Yeah. I think that, um, I think I have rehearsal that night. So no plans? I don't, I don't think I will. Maybe. No. Well, I have to see. No hot date? Oh, I have, I have a girlfriend. Yeah. She'll be, uh. We'll, be, we'll do something. She's gonna be I'll, I'll pissed. That you're in she's going to be pissed. Yeah, she's 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 gonna she's gonna beat me up. I think probably. I'll I'll 
we'll drink some wine after we'll get we'll get drunk get her an that's extra good. like box of chocolate yeah get her an extra yeah exactly that'll make up for it i don't know what day is it saturday it's a tuesday I think. oh it's a tuesday i'll have to look i just think i just know that it's every year just like i know that it's looming mm-hmm. um but i i don't i actually don't practice valentine's day i practice anna howard shaw day which is from which is from 30 rock right I, all of my holidays are Thirty Rock themed. Oh, yeah? So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. They call it Anna Howard Shaw Day instead of Valentine's Day. So I just feel it looming. But all right, last one is The Apprentice. Arnold is boss because mm-hmm. you saw what he, how he responded to yes, him. Yes, I did. Um, I hope. I almost hope not for Arnold's sake, but I really hope the show fails because I think that. Um, I think it is because I I will admit I have been watching. Cause have you? Has have you really? I am a really reality TV junkie, so yeah. I watched it. I mean, I watched the original Apprentice. Like it's my thing. It was a good show. I mean, like I I would not. It was good. I, I mean, I the would... problem is now like the star power is just not there. Yeah. And now like trying to recast it for another season, they're not going to get anybody. So no, it's. No. Over. Well, what do you mean the star power? The people they don't. Nobody wants to do it. Like no, celebrities? just like the celebrities who are on the show are not like big names. Like the biggest name right now yeah. is like Boy George. Oh my god. And I, I mean, love Boy George. I do too. But it's not. It's not the same. Well, probably because no real celebrities want to do it. Exactly. Though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't blame the ratings on Arnold. No, not at all. I would blame the ratings on the fact that nobody wants to engage in that exactly. and like give that satisfaction to to him. You know. I like Arnold a lot. Yeah. I hope I hope it succeeds for Arnold. But if, if not, he he'll get something else. He'll do something else. I don't he'll even be, know why he did president. it in the first place. Yeah, you know what? That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. I would love to see a President Schwarzenegger. I mean, he's a Republican, but like... He knows his he shit. He knows his shit, at least. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. So what we do on the podcast is I have the previous guest ask a question to the current guest. Okay. So this is a question from Matt Master Mateo. Mm-hmm. If you could ask a question of anyone you've worked with and get the wholehearted, complete answer, who would it be to and what would the question be? Um, oh, man. Ask a question to anyone I've worked with and get the wholehearted answer. Say it one more time. If I could ask a question to anyone I've worked with. If you could ask a question yeah. of anyone you've worked with and get the wholehearted, complete answer, who would it be and what would the question be? I would ask... Um, let's see. I would ask um, my director if... Um, how I think and how I write sometimes is untrans is not translatable to stage, <laughs> because I I like and I would want it wholeheartedly because I I am I, you know it's funny because my first passion is is really movies like I I I I started with an obsession with movies that led to acting that led to theater, and I think cinematically sometimes and I and I've worked with my director Kelly now for a few times. And I would love to continue our working relationship. And I, and I praise her because you know, for a show like Tailspin, I like there are some things that I wanted and I wrote that I just do not think are can be translated because right. it's like I write it either for Looney Tunes, 
<laughs> like for animated characters. Yeah. And that's just like, I, I, my mind just, I have an overactive mind. And that's the job of the director to make it work. To make it work. And I would ask her wholeheartedly, do I need to scale it back yeah. a little bit? Like, do I need to like think theatrically? Because I, I, I think really like, beyond, I like to think beyond like, just like what we can do, like what is capable of doing sure. on a stage? Like, how can we do this? Like, how do I like pull a full size bottle out of my pocket and like slam it on the table? And I think that, I think, I hope it doesn't, um, I don't want it to make people's lives more difficult, but it's also just how I like to write. Yeah. And I would want a wholehearted answer. Well, too. maybe you'll get it. Maybe I will. I hope I do. So now's your turn to ask my next guest a question. Yeah. Anything in the world. Okay. Um, oh, okay, let me think. Um, if you could, um, go back, if, knowing what you know, assuming that you've been working for a few years and, and pounding the pavement and writing, if you could go back in time to tell yourself one thing that you would like your future self to know, what would it be? good question yeah i because i think that i need that i wish i would give anything to go back and tell myself like at 14 15 like this is what you need to do this is what you focus on because every it just everything goes so quickly yeah it really does like i i would ask that like what what would you say to yourself 10 years ago in order to um in order to help your kind of uh, awareness and knowledge of either the industry or, or your work or writing or acting. Nice. Any of that. Yeah, I think that's important. So where can we find you on social media? You can find me... Um, I have, I'm, I'm kind of all over. I have an Instagram. I try to stay up to, I try to, stay, uh, up to date with it. It's hard because it's like there's this pressure now to be like on and funny all the yeah. time on social media. Um, I'm on Facebook, Zach Stevens. Z-A-C-H-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. People uh, have a hard time spelling that for some reason. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Like, it's like there are like three different like ways you can spell each one, and people yeah. will choose the wrong, the wrong one. Ones. Z-A-C-K, S-T-E-V. Always. Always. It's really unreal. I've had that issue my whole life. But I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is Zach Stevens. Um, I have some, some uh, websites... That you can check out. Tailspin has a web uh, has a website, um, backstage profiles. I'm Great. I'm there. You're everywhere. I'm there. Just just search. Just Google it. Z a c h though, s e p h. So if you've made it this far into the podcast uh-huh. and you want to say prove that you have, just use hashtag Cave. Hashtag Cave. Yeah. Are you are you plugging for them? I'm plugging for them. <laughs> are you really? Oh, how did I how did I bring that up then? That's amazing that I mentioned that. Cough. Looking, well, no, I, I wasn't plugging them. It wasn't on a purpose. coincidence. Oh, okay. I want no, I want them now to. Yeah, talk you should. No, you. They. I'll go there and I'll. Yeah, I'll talk to them. Let's do it. Um, I'm gonna be there now. Let, let's plug your show one last yeah. time. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Sienna's Mantram or a Change of Pace at China Lake. Uh, it's with the uh, 2017 New York Frigid Festival. It'll be at the Crane Theater. Uh, I, I can't remember the times because as you know, like festivals are just Absolutely. all over the place. Uh, but it's it opens the 18th of February, uh, and runs the 18th, uh, the 23rd, 25th, and then the 1st of March and the 5th of March. We'll have all those dates on the show page. Yeah, and there's a, there's we have a Facebook page. Perfect. It's just Sienna's Mantram. All the info's on there. 
if you find me on social media, I'm always posting about links and, and gifts and memes and anything to get people's attention. Um, I'm excited about it, and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm proud of it. it. Thank you. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I hope that it. Um, I hope that it hits some kind of nerve, you know, with our our current uh, with our current climate. It's yeah. kind of funny how how theater kind of becomes a response to it, and sometimes the world feel feels like it's responding to uh, to what we do. So it's it's why I do it, and it's Great. really incredible. I'm really proud of it. I hope people come to see it. Check it out, and thanks for thank you, Michael. Doing this. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for your work. Thanks once again to Zach Stevens for joining me. Don't forget to visit patreon.com slash theaterinthenow and become a patron today. If you have any questions or comments, head over to Theater in the Now and drop me a line in the question link. I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 